Hey friends, you are listening to another episode of the Momentum Focus Podcast. This podcast was designed um, and set aside as a space to help others find their voice, uh, to welcome many people to the microphone, uh, to just share their wisdom and what God has downloaded into their own hearts um, concerning the different topics that we cover. Every single episode has been sifted through the hand of God before we pressed publish. It is always our prayer um, that every single episode you hear, whether an interview or a moment of mindfulness, our prayer is that it helps you to adjust your focus. Enjoy the next episode. Okay. There. <laughs> I feel like you're about to say something really deep. So I'm like, yeah. yeah, like I'm glad you made me record right there because like I have, I don't know, like I was teasing a friend yesterday. I was like, you send me these random text messages that are like mid thought and I have no idea where your brain is and I'm staring at it like, what's happening? And she said, because you're in my thoughts. Like, you know what I'm thinking when I send you that. But I say that because like, I feel like whenever I share what you post, I feel like I just, I'm just sending it to people because I feel like they just need to stare at it, see what you're talking about and just sit in it. And sometimes it's the things that I want to say to the person to encourage them as I, I want to send it to them as like a, oh my gosh, we were just talking about this and yeah. we were wondering what God had to say about it. And we were just wondering how to put words around those feelings. And then I'll like open your Instagram feed or open your stories. And I'm like, how does she know <laughs> in the whole world? Like, you know what I mean? Like, Why is she in my, I always get that, like, get out of my head, yeah. get out of my house get out of my feelings. And I always tell people, I said, listen, at the end of the day, my story is your story, right? I was lost and now I'm found. I was broken and then I was made new, right? I needed healing from someone that couldn't provide it to me other than Jesus, right? Like I've been in that place. And so because of that, my story is your story. My testimony is your testimony. It may not look exactly the same, but it doesn't have to, but the beginning and the end are very similar. We have a need and only Jesus can feel it, feel it, right? I mean, I'm telling you, listen, and, and here's the thing is that, and this is what I love about technology that feels like take back all the territory, because as much as technology gets a bad rap and people are like, it's from the devil. I found you through social media. Same with like, me. And I'm like, I don't know how, I don't even know where like six <laughs> degrees of separation started. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just, and, and then like, but then every time I hear you speak or if I watch you post and then like, I was listening to your interview on, I think it was go and tell gals. And so I'm like, yes, that, I loved that. that was so like, that felt like water on a thirsty soul, like in places yeah. where I didn't even know I was parched. 
Wow. And again, like I said, it felt like the screenshot that you send to the friend that you're like, you need this. I don't know why, but you do. <laughs> but you need it. But, but you, you need it. that. And like that podcast episode, I was really, really giddy at the fact that I knew that we'd be talking after that episode. And so <laughs> I, I sent a text to um, my best friend, ministry buddy that like, she kind of, every now and then she gets an appearance on the podcast, but she, most of what we post on our Instagram feed, it's her words. And so she kind of does all the articulation of the content there. I get to do a lot of the podcasting every now and then we get to share the airwaves for podcasting, but I sent her a note after I listened to your interview and I said, I need you to listen to this because she speaks, she speaks to what we've been really trying to understand what God is doing with us in this space. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, I don't know, but just listen to what she's (laughs) talking about. I don't have the words for it. Just Right. And her response to me was, I got you. Right. (laughs) And I knew that she would know just go listen and you'll see what Amiya was talking about. So anyway, I digress. I back up. (laughs) Totally. It's Uh, totally God. Yeah. It has very little to do with me. Very, very little. Cause I'm not that talented. Well, and and that's the thing I'm, I'll tell you like, and she and I laughed at like, we're not that, we're not that talented to be able to tap into what somebody else is doing with God and it line up with what God has done and is doing with this space in momentum focus, because, and I've probably said it before in other episodes, but we used to joke that like, there's no blueprint for what he's doing. There's a treasure map. Mm -hmm. And we opened it like in this like gnarly kind of found it at the bottom of like a basement trunk, found this map that says you're here follow the red dots. You know what I mean? And you're going to land wherever he says, pitch your tent. And like, we've just been following whatever he says, wherever he says go. And then we come across like little treasures, like finding you and finding some of the other people that we've, it's, it's weird in a social media aspect of like, you feel like you get to do life with people, even though And it's like, I'm sure somebody's going to hear that and be like, you don't really do life. Like you're on social media. Like, listen. But we do. We do. We do. We really try to, I mean, I don't think we do it intentionally, but we live in a world where we try to separate ourselves Hmm. when in all actuality, we are very much so alike. We, a lot of people want the same things. A lot of people are yearning, you know, for something more. They want something beyond the mundane. And we're all in search of that. We're all in search of that. And that's what makes us very, very similar. Well, and you know, what's wild with that is I was talking to someone, I think it was earlier this week, and we were just saying how we make, there's kind of two sides of that is we make the assumption that these people don't know me. They only know what I post, which there's some truth to that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we also make the assumption that these people don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I, as a matter of fact, Raina that runs momentum focus with me, we met in a Facebook community. Yeah. 
Like we were both desperate for finding God in the fitness work that we were doing and desperate to know there's got to be more than just, you know, making a playlist and coming up with great choreography. Like there's more to that. Yeah, this. there's more. Are others like me who care, you know? Yeah. And I think she said, I posted something or I, I commented under someone's post and she was like, oh my gosh, she's just like me. And we connected and we've been friends ever since. And I want to say that was like, I think my kids were in elementary school when that connection happened online. And wow. my middle son is now a junior in college. So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we can't assume that like the people that we're communicating with who comment on our posts or send us a DM, we can't assume those are bots or those are just messages. Like these are people behind These are real people, post. real people, real souls, real brokenness, which is one of the reasons I respond to, and sometimes my responses are emojis, but for, it's why I take the time to respond to almost every single comment because yeah. I think there is something about recognizing and seeing another person and not for what they can give you, but just mm -hmm. that human connection, right? Of saying, I see you and you see me. Yeah. And let's just be in this moment right now, like in this space. And let me acknowledge that you're here. And right. let me acknowledge the fact that God used me to reach you in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take a moment. Yeah. This morning I'm, I'm, I'm looking on your Instagram feed as I talk to you because this morning you posted something, I think it was this morning. Um, there was something you posted that I just almost broke into tears because it was so holy. It must've been yesterday. I don't, I don't know. know. But I, 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 I just, I, I just posted something right before I got on. Um, wasn't that, I think it was in your stories, but it was, um, the text message was yesterday. The conversation with God. Maybe that, that one was yesterday. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And I was reading it. And as I read it, like I could feel the knot in my throat of like, there she goes again. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And then I like, you know how you hit the little arrow. Cause you want to sit post it, And then it yeah. was like, in this to so and so I'm like no I need the world to hear this one yeah oh it might have been a story the gems are in the story the like you know the posts are good but the gems are always in the story because I randomly throw them up and when I write those I could literally be in the grocery store and I'm like oh and I put it in the you know I type it in my notes I put it in canva I crop it and I post it to the stories and I find some amazing music and we call it a day. Right. And now I wish I would have screenshot yesterday's because it was, um, it, yeah. Okay. So it was, it must've been yesterday. Cause I'm looking and at the 21st hour, what's still in your stories was sometimes we must plant our feet, clench our mm -hmm. fists amid the weariness and allow the tears to fall, believing God will catch them all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes that's what we have to do. Like the writer, poet, eight-year-old little girl who likes to sit and just dump on the page. Yes. In me is like, 
staring at your words the way I would stare at like Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Oh. The way I would wow. stare at like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the way I would yeah. stare at like Maya Angelou to say, how does she write words like that, that know the depths of my soul? Like seriously. Oh. You're and I am like blushing. Seriously. Because <laughs> like, I am I am a I am a word nerd. Yeah. That to the point that I'm like, please know what words you're stringing together because they are telling a story. And if you have strung them together with zero intention yeah. of honoring that person's emotions that will be on the back end of your stringing together, don't string words. Mm -hmm. There's a book that I read two summers ago. I was trying to see if I had it down here, but I don't. I don't think it is, but it's a kid's book. And I'll come back to what I was going to ask you a second, but it's a kid's book. And I was in the bookstore looking for something completely different. And one of the salespeople asked me, you know, if they could help or whatnot. And I explained to her the book I was looking for and they didn't carry it. It was Heinz Feet on High Places. I don't know if you've ever read Heinz Feet. I've never read that. I am going to send you a copy of it because. Oh, please do. Heinz All right, I can order one. I no, I'm going to, I mean, you can order, but I, I love to send copies because this is as a writer, you'll appreciate it. But as a woman of God, you'll appreciate it. Um, yeah. An allegory that takes, it, it personifies emotions and literally takes our emotions and attaches them to um, potential people. Mm. And it tells the story of if, this emotion was a person what how would they interact with your being oh my gosh i need to read this and it's a story it's it's pulled from from scripture but she's taken some creative license to to personify even scripture with all due respect to scripture and she says at the at the forward of the book like i have this not, not yeah. yeah i have not rewritten the bible i'm not creating something that jesus never said i'm not putting words in god's mouth i'm taking this conversation that he and i had of taking me from like you said when we first started from being lost being broken being found being made whole and i want you to see how the enemy can take your emotions and make them lifelike yeah literally you befriend them mm -hmm. as if they're not in you but yeah. that they're actually a person that you communicate with and so the yeah. whole story is about a girl who was crippled born crippled and she I think I want to say she was given up and, and left abandoned because of her disability and this other family found her and raised her because of the fact that she was so marred and mangled they knew that she would appreciate what they offered her right but their family name was the Fearlings. Mm. And they lived in the Valley of Despair. I think it was the Valley of Despair. Okay, yeah. I need to read this book. I have to read this book. And it takes you through her being raised. And it's based on the scripture that says that he would strengthen my feet like hinds feet to climb on high places. Yeah. And it takes you through her journey of being raised by this family. Her cousin who comes after her, his name is Craven Fear. 
She has another cousin who just despises the fact that she gets up every day in her inability and goes and works for the farmer uh, or the shepherd whose goal is not for her just to be strong enough to work in his house, but to get to his father's house, which is at the top of the mountain. But every day that she gets up, Craven fear and pride, her cousin pride, show up to remind her of her cripplings. Yeah. And her aunt named Mrs. Foreboding, she shows up and reminds her, don't you forget that you're crippled. So at any I rate, love that. Um, I was at the bookstore looking for that book and I stumbled on a book that was written in the same format of an allegory. And the bookstore owner took me to this kid's book. And here's why I was sharing this with you. There's a chapter in the kid's book where um, the main character sits down to a meal and he starts complaining. And before he could get his words out, all of these waiters show up with these trays of, of food for him to eat, but they're not like food, they're stacks of words. And he yeah. looks at the host and says, what is this? And he said, oh, in this village, we eat our words. Have your fill. Wow. And it was like, what? It's the kids. It's like middle school. It's an oh, allegory. Might like that. Yeah, maybe I get that. I'll find time. the name of it for you. But I did a whole book read on Facebook over one summer a couple of years ago of like, y'all need to understand this. So I share all that because when you write these words, it fills us up. Yes. In a way that we didn't know that we were malnourished. Yeah. And like I said, when I read your words, I'm reminded of that tray of these words of like how many people are stacking trays, not knowing that we might have to eat our own words. Mm -hmm. And if we're not eating them, why are we serving them to people? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. anyway, that was a long way of saying thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, I take the accountability of what I write very, very serious because <clears throat> I think words matter. I think people's feelings matter. Um, and I think less is more. Yes. Which is why I don't, I don't, ha I don't believe that we have to say a whole lot to get to the heart of the matter. So this is what you posted this morning that I, again, got choked up and was like, oh, I get to talk <laughs> to her today. So, hey, this is where we're going. So for those of y'all that are not on Instagram, with all due respect, I'm going to read what she posted. It says, less is more, but when it comes to love, kindness, empathy, and grace, we should allow these to overflow each and every day. But it's this, the caption that choked me up and I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read the bottom half. It says, so as we go through our days, no matter what we might be facing, let's remember we can never love our people too much. That kindness towards our neighbors is free. This includes the internet and empathy will always bridge us to deeper understanding. So I want to just go there. Let's go there. Um, where did that post kind of like what spurred it? What inspired it? Like. Did you just pop in and say, people need to know this? Or like, what made you want to write that one? So I was sitting um, watching the Olympics and 
what was going on with Simone Biles mm. and how in my, in my, this is my lifetime movie. So play along everyone. In my lifetime movie on my couch, immediately when she said she needed to withdraw, before there was really a reason for it, there were assumptions made. People were making comments. It was all over the internet. It, I mean, it was just kind of this, it was noisy. It was noisy um, before she even had a chance to make a statement. And I was sitting there and what popped in my head is this world needs to understand that less is more. Not Simone Biles, but the reaction to her decision. Mm. People were impatient, they were reactive, they were coming up with conclusions, but out of the reason why she withdrew, which to me is her business, um, I started thinking about the empathy, right? And how that is a bridge to understanding. I am not an Olympic, Olympic champion. I've never been to the Olympics. I mean, I like to say that I'm an athlete. I mean, I could ball in my day. Yeah. Like I could ball in my day, but not, not the Olympics. So I have no idea what that is like. I have no idea the pressure she could be under, but I immediately went to the empathy within me really helped me understand probably a little bit of what she was going through on a very small scale. And that's kind of where that came out of. Mm. But I didn't have to make it about Simone. I just made it broader. Yeah. And you know, what's wild is that yesterday, something similar popped up that I was just kind of on that same vein of empathy of like, if we could understand another person's um, story mm -hmm. and then understand where we would want to be understood. Cause I love that you say it's the bridge to understanding. If we like in our own desperate, like if somebody just understood where I'm coming yeah. from, yeah, maybe they'd give me just a little more grace. And so yesterday I, I posted, um, why aren't we lead something to the effect of why aren't we leading others from a place of um, raw redemption? of recognizing that we did not do it, right? We have not been redeemed. Everybody doesn't have to know all of your failings and all of your failures, but they also don't need to think that you're perfect. Yeah. Right. Um, and this, the, the heart of empathy, I don't, I would love to hear your take on this, even just from the spirit of less is more the heart of empathy almost feels like, like let it organically happen. Yeah. Don't try to pull out all of your empathy on one situation. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It like it's, it's, it's a seek to understand approach. It's leading, it's seeking to understand versus judging immediately is what it sounds like you're saying or is how I'm interpreting it. Yeah. Um, and in doing that and seeking to understand someone's feelings, perspective, situation, et cetera, empathy can be birthed out of that. Kindness can be birthed out of that, right? Love can be birthed out of that. Yeah, yeah, it just, I don't know, like I think, and I, I said I was gonna stop using the words, I think, I believe. <laughs> I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe that we've tried so hard 
to quote unquote be empathetic that we're not being empathetic? Well, to be empathetic, you have to be authentic. And we live in a world where people are not authentic. And as a believer, to be authentic, you have to be very transparent to an extent, because I'm big on boundaries. You have to be transparent and vulnerable about what God bought you out of. Mm. And people don't do that as much. So you just hit a couple of buzzwords. (laughs) (laughs) And anybody, first of all, I love your laugh and I love that other people laugh just as crazy as me. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh my gosh, I have. You know what I think something is funny because my entire body participates in the laughter. And then when it's not funny, I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah. Uh Right, like you're cute. Right, but if it's funny, forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, Um, so if anybody that knows me knows that like there are words that if they are so used, because I love words, if there's words that are so used that I'm like one more person uses that word, I'm going off. Um, (laughs) So I've been asking God if, if words rub me, if he would begin to redefine them for me, potentially even show me why they rub me. Yeah. There's a reason that they get under my skin and maybe it's for iron sharpening iron. You know what I mean? Um, So a couple of the words, what are the words? There's a couple of them. So the first one is authentic. So I want to talk about that. Um, The second one is boundaries. Okay. So um, we have a whole series that we are going to be rolling out on this podcast where I got a chance to have these really cool conversations with different women from different walks of life and different We kind of came into the podcast with one idea and then God took it in this beautiful direction where I started to see this is authenticity. Because Mm. if I had, if we had camped on, we're going to be here to talk about this topic and we're not going to veer off the topic. They, they didn't know, none of us knew what the topic would be when we sat down to have the interview. It just became this thing. Yeah. And I saw this beautiful like thread start to connect each of these women, like pearls of wisdom almost. I think Beth Moore calls it like when you catch these nuggets of God doing this thing and you string it together, it looks like this beautiful strand of pearls. Yeah. I mean, and then you get to pass that down to like the next generation. But I saw this happen and I noticed that it was the authenticity. And God said like it happened because you didn't go trying to make it happen. Exactly. Right? So um, what would you say, I don't even want you to define it, like how do you maintain authenticity on social media? Uh, I was going to say, how would you say someone maintains their own authenticity, but like we don't get to define it for each other, but like how do you do yeah. that? How do you stay for me, off- it's, it's, a, it's humility. And it's a stripping away of the mask, right? Mm. And so for me, it's about showing up with all of my imperfections, not trying to hide them, not pretending as though I have all the answers. I know enough to know that I don't know that much, right? So this is how I'm walking through life. 
my answer might not be the answer for you. So it's more so that type of approach and being okay with not having all the answers. Hmm. Being okay with going, I can't really help you, but I know someone else who can. Hmm. Being grounded in who I am and how God made me. Those are the things that I think about when I say, I'm going to show up authentically in my space. And I'm would not going to hide who I am. Would you say that you've always been that way or has that been a work in progress? Uh, so yes and no. I operated in a high level of duality when I was in corporate America. So I had to show up as kind of a persona in some way because I was a leader. But those authentic parts of me naturally came out. But there are parts of me that I had to hide because it was a business world. In my personal life, outside of my job at the time, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very authentic and very honest and direct and pure and genuine. And I don't have a problem with being wrong. I'm very, really right. And I don't say that for people to go, oh my God, but you, no, no, no. Like really, I mess up all the time. <laughs> right, right. Like, I was like, I'm one beggar showing another beggar where the bread is. Like this is, this is my testimony. Um, so I would say, yeah, probably from my mid twenties on, I'm 38 now. Uh, I've, I've been, cause, cause doing it any other way is very exhausting. Right. Yeah. Because if you're not being authentic, if you're not being your true self, if you're not representing how you really feel, that means you're putting on work to hide all of that. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, and this is not even, well, it is, I was going to say, this isn't even about that, but it is um, when you feel yourself slipping outside of yourself, of your true authentic self, how do you come back? Well, when I stop what I'm doing, because generally if I'm being pulled away from who I am, what I'm called to be, um, that means I'm operating outside of my purpose and pure intent because mm. I'm a human being just like everyone else and my ego will try and show up mm. it, it is what it is my and and so I have to kind of stop and go whoa yeah wait a minute because then it becomes a performance so if people are like okay these are a lot of words you're using around authenticity okay well basically what I'm saying is don't perform that's what I'm saying right a few words less is more don't perform. <laughs> <laughs> Don't perform. I'm like, and folks, that's all we've got for the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Do not perform. Right. I mean, it, because you have to maintain that mm. the person that people fall in love with, the person that people are attached to, the person that people gravi gravitate to, that's what you have to maintain. That's not hard for me to do because what you see is what you get. God calls me his beloved and beautiful. So I don't feel bad about what you see is what you get. <laughs> I mean, just that state, that statement, you have to maintain what people are drawn to. Yes, absolutely. Period, full stop. Because once you, once you, um, if you're in a performance state and then all of a sudden you kind of slip off that, people will then say, you're not genuine. Well, who are you? We've all heard. Well, who, who are you? I don't feel like I know you anymore. Well, I got tired of performing. This is actually who I really am. I mean, that's a and whole then we want, show. But then, 
feelings get hurt, right? Because we set the wrong expectation because of how we chose to show up. We set the wrong expectation because of how we chose to show up. And then when people are frustrated or don't understand why we can't meet them where they are because we did that in the beginning, but now we can't do it now. And then there's this like tension. And that's something that we own. We own how we show up. We also own how people show up in our space. So it's two-way street. I mean, I'm just gonna let you talk. <laughs> but this is what makes it scary, right? Because we are told our entire lives, this is what people like, this is the box you fit in. Whether you're a believer or non-believer, this is what success looks like. This is the formula. This is the approach you should take. And then we fold and bend and twist to fit into this mold. And God's like, you're an oval. Like you're not, a, you're an oval, you're not a square. But I wanna be a square, everybody else is square, but you're an oval though. I mean, so first of all, I've pulled out a pen and a notebook because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to take notes, but I feel like as you're talking, there's things that God's like, and then talk about this. So, yeah. I mean, here's the crazy, crazy thing. I don't know, like so my mind is going in so many directions on what you just said, because the other day I was talking to a group of friends about that same thing, about knowing where you quote unquote fit in and knowing like you don't have to fit in, like you, you get to show up and take up space and God's gonna, like water takes up space of wherever it is. It just takes over. Not yes. that you show up and like show out, but like you don't have to like, contort yourself to fit into some mold of an expectation. Are. Yeah. Like you get to be who you are. Even this morning I was telling my class, I woke up and something overnight shifted and I could not, I couldn't label it. I didn't know what it was. It wasn't my attitude or body. It was an energy. I couldn't put my finger on what changed, but I woke up feeling more intentional. And I was like, what is this God? And it was almost, I, my ministry partner, Reno, I tell her like, I'm feeling it again. And she's like the kinetic energy. That's what she calls it. She's, and she's like a science, she's a STEM nerd. So she's like, it's kinetic energy in me. And that's what it is. And I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's in me. Right. But it's not an anxiety. It's not this thing of like, I can't control it, but it's a literally feels like I'm busting at the seams of it's where excitement. And yeah. it's joy. Yes. It's joy. Yes. Like it's the joy of the Lord. That's what the joy of the Lord feels like. You're bursting well, at the seams. Well, bring me more Jesus because it is like I never even thought of what of that. That's what this is. Like mm -hmm. joy unspeakable. You know what I mean? Joy like unspeakable. Yes. You don't have words for it. No words. And I showed up to my class like y'all. I'm feeling some kind of way and you might be mad when the hour is over, but you're coming with me and yeah. let's go, you know, but it like, I don't know. So we were talking even just the other day of like, what do you do with that? When God says like, let's go, there's, there's something to be done. And I said to them, like, it almost feels like E equals MC squared. And they were like, <laughs> Amia, where are you going? I was like, I don't know. He just said, that's what it feels like. So I don't like science. I hate science other than anatomy, right? So when he starts speaking to me 
in terminology that I don't jive with, I'm like, he's about to teach something profound that I need to listen. So even like, even as you're talking about that, the authenticity of, and the humility and the empathy, like that feels like E equals MC squared. Oh yeah. And here, so in my home, because I live this out. So this is not something that I, I literally, the things that I write about and talk about, I live out every day because the definition of a leader in my you know, sense, one of the definitions is you can't take people where you aren't willing to go or where you haven't been yet, right? Mm-hmm. And so when someone walks into my home, on the left wall, there's a picture of a woman. And on the right wall, there's a picture of a man in the foyer. And both of them are removing masks from their face. Because in my house, I want you to show up as you are, mm-hmm. right? I want you, this, this is my house. This is Jesus's house. Come as you are. You don't need to pretend here. I don't care if you have holes in your socks. I don't care if your kids are running around. We are not performing, performing here. This is a place of love. So when you walk in, the first thing you see are these beautiful pieces of artwork by this artist in Philadelphia. Her name is Lauren. And they are literally removing masks off of their face. And my kids see it every day because we are not performing here. We're gonna show up as our authentic selves because when we do that, then we're able to become better people, right? We're able to go, that doesn't feel right. We need to adjust here. That's where we pick up the lessons, but we try to hide our imperfections and we try to hide the blemishes and pretend that we're something that we're not and we don't get better, right? And then it becomes infected and we're sick in our bodies, literally and figuratively, with stress and worry and shame and despair. And it's like, why? It's because you need to take your mask off. God didn't make you that way. God didn't make you that way. I mean, I first of all, I sat my pen down and I'm fighting tears <laughs> because Every wall in my house is decorated with something that we were very specific about what we put on the wall. Even in my Mm -hmm. office, like I'm surrounded by just things that remind me of who I am and who God is and where I'm going and what my focus needs to be. But even as you were talking, like we, in our foyer, we have a painting or two paintings that my husband commissioned from a friend of ours that one is a man and one is a woman, but they're, they're side by side. And ever since we put that up, every time somebody comes in, they're like, is that supposed to be you and your husband? And we're like, no, like, why would you No, Like, it looks nothing like a, like us, but as you're talking, Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember in my mind, like the details of the, of the paintings, but now I need to go upstairs and take a look at them and really just stare at them for a moment. You know, how you see pictures yeah. of people at a museum and they're like, just staring. Yeah. And you're like, what are they seeing? <laughs> like, I feel like I need to do that for a moment. But what I can recall of what's in those paintings, I can understand now why people walk in our house and know that's what they're going to get when they walk in our house, mm-hmm. because there are music notes there's these bright, vibrant colors. Literally facing those paintings are the lyrics to the song, True Colors. Oh, yeah. 
And now I'm like, oh my gosh, like we did that probably unintentionally to like set a mood, but like we set a mood. Yeah. And we set an expectation of like, here's what's going to happen when you come in my house. And, and to hear you even say like our kids know it, uh, we know it. It just, I don't know. It just is a reminder. It, but that what you just said felt like a God wink to me yeah. of like, you've set a tone in your home and that's why nonsense doesn't show up in your home. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And now it just is like knowing that our bodies are a home. Yeah. Whatever we dress ourselves in sets the stage of like nonsense won't happen in these walls. Yes. It literally, when I, I'm not skipping the boundaries, but when I talk to women about boundaries, I tell them, you are in control here. You get to tell people, you get to give people permission. I'm making sure I'm saying that right. You are the, let me say it differently. You're the one giving yeah. people permission to make deposits. Yeah. Right? Every interaction, every relationship, people get one, maybe two chances. One, maybe two chances. Because but how we do have you to take, we have to take responsibility for what we allow to be deposited into our hearts and our minds and our spirits. But how do you set boundaries in the spirit of empathy? You know what I mean? Like if, if we want to be empathetic to like hear other people's stories, to honor other people's stories, to go where other people are. Oh, you know yes. I, mean? I understand what you're saying. You don't carry other people's load. Sometimes we hear stories and we want to carry the load. And maybe that's not what we're meant to do. We're, me we're meant to listen. We're meant to understand. Um, and so that's a little bit of what, what that would look like. Sometimes we think empathy is doing, it's like an action. And a lot of times it's an acknowledgement. I see you, I feel you. Wow. Wow. And we have to be comfortable in our humanness with saying, I see you. I feel you. I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to deal with this situation, but I will help you find someone who can. And by saying that, we are also acknowledging that we don't have all the answers and that we're not perfect. And dare I say, we are not God. I mean, that statement, I will help you find someone who can. Yes. Just like, I'll be there with you. I'll be there with you. There are people who come to my, because of the type of page I have, which is, you know, really gets down to the root and heart of, you know, big issues. There are a lot of people in my DMs who need help, or who are seeking help. And I don't leave them dangling. I don't say, yes, I'm going to pray for you. I can't help you, you know, aside from praying, I will send them to other people on Instagram. I do it all the time. I have a group of women where I know for a particular topic, whether it's suicide, eating disorders, severe depression, things like that, where there are people who are better fit and better equipped by God to minister to this person. I would love to, on a very practical level, like I would love if you could 
maybe email me or DM me those resources that I can put in the show notes of like who else they can follow. Cause like all of your information I'm going to put in the show notes so people know where to find you. Um, But that's one of the things that this podcast literally shifted from it being a conversation with just me and God to him saying like, no, there are people who need to know that I have heard them. And so there are people who have heard from me who have something to say so that others will know I heard their prayers. And that's when I just inviting people to just the microphone's yours, say what you need to say. You know what I mean? (laughs) And and I'm blown away because everybody, anybody that's listened to this podcast knows I don't come in with a set number of questions. I don't email any questions beforehand. I just, I know that there are conversations that have to happen in order for us to be well. Mm-hmm. And I know in this next season, um, he's just been reminding myself and Raina that like, we have to get back to being in community from a very like deeply rooted space of not just saying like, oh, this group that I was in or this Facebook community that I'm a part of, but you're not really a part of it. Like you are there, but you're not engaging because maybe they went too deep and you don't, you're not ready to be vulnerable enough, you know, or maybe they stay on the surface, but you need something deeper. Um, I feel like God is calling all of us to just, I was talking to a friend this morning of just, he's calling all of us to recognize, A, we're not perfect, like you said, we're not God. We we get to be in community with each other, but be mindful that we're not each other's Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? Um, and that we don't have it together. And it's okay to say you don't have it together. Yeah. But you don't have to air all of your flaws. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I posted on Facebook yesterday. Like, what if you were able to point people to Jesus quicker because they knew you're not perfect. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, I think community, so where authenticity is used a lot, I think community is used a lot. And we've gotten away from the real root of the word, which is to commune with one another. So community without real communion is a waste of time, Yeah, essentially. And what I mean by that is, you know, social media has turned it into this big, big thing with thousands of people. Um, and a lot of people struggle with myself included. I am not going to be vulnerable unless it's God directed in a room full of women. I'm just, that's just my personality. And mm-hmm. so it's how do we create space in the work that you're doing and what I'm doing where people feel as though, yes, this is a large community, but we are also communing. Mm. We are also connected at a deeper level. And I don't have to know all the details of your hurt. You don't have to know all the details of my hurt, but we can come together as sisters. Yeah. And run this race at the same pace, just run it. And not swap sorrows. Like, you know what I mean? Like. That's a whole other show. <laughs> like that, like I get like coming together to support each other, but like we have to be mindful that we're not just coming together to swap. Oh man, you two. You know yeah. what I mean? And if we're not getting better together, like there are some 
genuine spaces where I have been able to sit with people that have had an identical storyline of pain. Yeah. And we've been able to call each other up and, and get the help that we need to, to, to come up. But if we're only getting together to, to match the common denominator of the pain and there's no help, yeah, we're going to do more harm to each other than we will good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as much as I want to keep going, because <laughs> I'm like, there's so much more I want to talk about. Um, so a fun question that, I, that I've been talking to some friends and like we I tend to wrap up my class with this. We've been talking about um, God in this unique way of using like old school music to really like reclaim things yeah. in our lives. <laughs> listen, let me tell you, the other day- I am old school. He, I don't listen to anything after 2000. Okay, so then you will totally vibe with this. The other day, he totally preached a message to me through the song- Music Makes Me High by the Lost Boys. Please tell me you know the song. Wow, you are going back, back. I'm saying. Wow. I mean, I was blown away. Okay. I sat in it for a second like, what? There's nothing gospel about this song. And he said, all the music belongs to me. Just go with me. And, and, I, and I think he uses it. I don't even say in jest because he's like, Jesus used parables when they didn't get it. He used, and Jesus even says in the book of John, you don't get it. So here's how I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Let's tell you about the sheep in the gate. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) right. So he has used, and I laugh because I say like, so my nickname is Mimi. And I was telling some of the women in my class that I think God's going to do a whole miseducation of Mimi to bring me back <laughs> to redeem Lauren, parts yeah, of Lauren yes. Right. To go ahead and just re-educate me and redeem the parts of me that was foolish. So mm-hmm. he uses 90 tip hop. So, <laughs> so on that note, if there was a song that you know God has, or if there is a song that God has used to, to speak to you in a way that you're like, yeah, you had to be there because he totally took that song and repurposed it. What song would that be? Um, so I'm actually looking. So there, there would be two songs. There's this song. This is from the 90s. Okay. It's called More, More, More with Fred Hammond featuring Joanna Rosario. Okay. Takes me out. I write a lot, a lot to that song. Like okay. it is con- it is constantly on repeat. The other two songs that are on repeat back to back, because it has to be played back to back. I'm these are going to be Fred Hammond because that's I'm in a Fred Hammond mood. Yeah. So Fred Hammond, Radical for Christ. I don't remember the track number, but it's I Yield and Immediately After is Holy, Holy. Those two songs together, back to back. Okay. Those are all like early 90s. Yeah, I'm going to have to go dig those up. My husband's a huge Fred Hammond fan and um, I'll fangirl for a second. I got to meet him several years ago on a cruise. 
and I, I'll have to send you the picture because like I met him and I was all geeked out like you're Fred Hammond and he's like, I know I know I'm, and he kind I'm of aware of who like, I am. does she know that I know who I am and then he started laughing and he was like I'm just I'm just joking with you and yeah. he and I said well can I take a picture and he was like who do you think I am like I'm you're Fred Hammond yeah, right he was like I'm just Fred you know so I got a picture with him but I what, um on the other side yeah. of so not gospel I will listen to because you didn't ask for all this but I love music I listen to music from the point when I wake up until I go to sleep all day it's constantly playing before we got on I was listening to music all things Jill Scott all things India Ari and all things Anthony Hamilton okay okay yeah well, and I'll, I will tell you full disclosure, like whenever you post anything on your stories that you use music, I was, I'm like, save that one and that one. <laughs> See that you're all it. this because it's just so good. And you find Thank songs, you. Or you find songs that you post on social media that I'm like, how she, where did she find that? So but you do a really good job of like, thank you. I see your feed and it feels so uncurated and so unlike, and I mean that in all the best ways, like, yeah. you know, cause we've become so accustomed to like, you have to take that social media class. So your feed looks like this. And then you can tell everybody that took the same class cause all their feeds look the exact same. Yeah. No, and it's, just, it's refreshing to come across a feed and if you're using a formula, I would never know because you do a really good I'm job. Not, I'm not <laughs> using a formula, but the secret to what you see on my page is pretty simple. I know who I'm writing for. So I'm writing for the woman who's crying in the shower, the woman who's muffling her tears at night because she's overwhelmed and she has five bills and $2, you know, in her account. I'm writing for the person who is white knuckled in the driveway because they just can't breathe and they need a minute. They just need, they just need a minute. And those people are usually the ones who aren't the trending topics. They're not involved in the politics of life. They're just trying to make it from one day to the next. Mm. And those are the people who I'm writing for. And those people, don't care about a perfectly curated page. What they care about are the words and what they care about is how are you gonna help me get rid of the shame? How are you gonna point me to someone who can heal me? How are you going to help me in all of this mess and in all of this chaos? Those people don't care about perfectly curated pages. Yeah, it just, I'm telling you, like, it's just, it's refreshing to, it's it's just refreshing to watch it unfold and like I don't know it's just beautiful. I, I thank I, you so I, much. I really do appreciate it. I I really I appreciate every kind word, every forward. It 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 really does put in per, into perspective what God has given me and the reason why I should hold it so tenderly. And yeah. I'm not called to be like everybody else. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, you do a beautiful job with stewarding what he has given you. Um, I don't know, y'all, if you don't follow her, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to go follow. You will find all of her 
links in our show notes. Um, well, I appreciate you giving me your time. Um, I don't I enjoyed it. Be the last time that you and I speak. Um, it just, it's so good. I just, <laughs> well, whatever I, you need, I am here to serve whatever you need. Just call. And I'm Not sure somebody that's listening just laugh because I just use the word good and I have told people to stop using that word unless you are making reference to where God said it's good, period. But good is like the vanilla of words. <laughs> flavorless. I'm just that's all I'm just gonna post the word good on my that's it. And I'm and underneath it in parentheses, I'm gonna say, you know who you are. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I'm going to know. Like, Camille, did you see what you posted? I'm like, that's it. I'm putting it in my stories. Good, period. You know who this is for. <laughs> I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. Um, as always, y'all, I promise that every episode here is with the intention of helping you to adjust your focus. And I don't even have to follow that up with anything else. So until we all get to chat again, be blessed and be well and be kind. Amen. Amen. Amen.